Bailey. You are listening to the Phantasm Podcast. Possibly the best podcast in the world. Dr. Vincent West, medical doctor with the Phantasm Podcast, and I have with me one of my favorite vocalists. This gentleman was in Wolfsbane. He was in Iron Maiden, and he has had an amazing solo career. Blaze Bailey, ladies and gentlemen. Sir, how are you doing today? Very, very good. Probably too good. A lot of people are going to hate me because I'm doing so well. I'm thrilled that you're doing well. I thank you for taking the time to talk with me today. It means the world to me as a fan. Um, and War Within Me, it comes out April 9th. Uh, yeah. Tell us a little bit about uh, how the new record came about. Well, I've had a lot of anxiety recently because only people like close who are on my team have heard it. And they, they all say, oh, it's great. And I'm going, well, no one else has heard it. And you would have to say it's great so how can I trust you? Right. You would say it was great anyway because of my confidence. And then the single comes out, War Within Me, and a few fans have responded very positively and say they like it. And then the second single's come out, 18 Flights. People like that one. And then a few journalists who have had the whole album, they seem to get it and understand what's happening. So... That's it. It's a huge relief right now. That's why I'm feeling good, because it's a huge relief. People don't think that this is the worst heavy metal album ever made, and that's a relief. So we wanted to do something different, but we had this extra freedom, which we really enjoyed. The previous three albums were part of a trilogy, a concept, right. one story across three albums called Infinite Entanglement. And every song had to relate to that story. And sometimes that was great and easy because, great, we've got something to write about. Right. And sometimes that was very, very difficult and challenging because... You had something that you must write about and must include in the lyric to make the story make sense. And to be free of that, though we loved it, it's my great achievement. My greatest achievement in music is the Infinite Entanglement Trilogy. To be able to go back to the format of 10 songs that don't have to mean anything to each other, they just have to make sense to themselves. That was quite liberating. And my manager had said to me, after Infinite Entanglement, when can I expect you know, 
said, honestly, to recover from this emotionally and artistically and creatively, to do something of real quality with passion, I could make another album, but it just wouldn't have the value and quality of songwriting if unless we have a, a break. So he was really good. He found, you know, we made a couple of live albums and we brought some things out on vinyl a bit, bit sooner and we managed to get to 2020 when we intended to record the album, right. do some festivals, a little bit of touring and a lot of writing and recording in between those. But we did our last gig in March and I think that was one of the last live performances by any band in Europe, no matter what music, because uh, we thought it was going to be cancelled before, but it was one of the last ones. And then after that, like, something would be postponed, festival would go, we had so many really cool festivals that we were looking forward to that we hadn't done before. And things just started getting cancelled. But what that meant was every time a festival got cancelled, that meant we had an extra three days to spend on the album or away from the album. So that was good. And then when the tour had to be cancelled, then, well, we've got an extra three weeks now. Right. And then when the next thing got done, so we started to get all of this extra time. And what that meant was when we got together to do our writing, we didn't really feel under pressure. We had our deadline there. But we're like, yeah, you know, after what we've done on the trilogy, really, we're, we're going to be able to do this. And we had a few ideas. And as this horrible darkness descended on us, then I started to realize that there had to be something special about this album from right. me. Right. I know quite a few fans on first name terms. There's been a free meet and greet at every headline Black Bailey concert where it's been possible. And many times on those occasions, fans share their stories about what a song means to them, how an album got them through a difficult situation, how they take the album to the gym, and that's their workout music. And I really started to think, man, this just can't be another album. This must be positive. Nobody can be under any illusion. They must this album, and at the end, they have to feel better than they did at the beginning. And I spoke to Chris Appleton about it. We generally talk about the shape of things and what we expect out of an album. And is there a particular kind of song that we didn't try last time that we'd like to try this time or something we couldn't get to work or something we didn't have time for? And we said, yeah, that's what we've got to do because... It's going to be two years, P. 
people have waited. My fans have waited. And what will they say when they put their headphones on and I'm in their head and when they put me in their car and I'm living there with them whenever they drive their car, when they take me to the bedroom and put me on their hi-fi, when they turn the lights down, what will they expect? And I think they will expect something that makes them feel good and forget about their life for 40 minutes. And that's what we started out to do. So we had lyrics here and there, and each time we started it was, well, is this the best key for the vocal to be expressing this lyric? Is this the best chord that we can have to create a feeling of real energy and power? And we did that on every song, with every lyric we went through. Some, we had a lot of luck and things came together quickly and on other ones it, it was like trying to wrestle a shark in shark mania uh, uh, to try and get it under control it was hell but we kept going and uh, and now we have War Within Me which is a collection of songs based on my personal experiences in my life and on the lives of some heroes in history. And I'm very, you know, I I think we've achieved what we set out to do, something that feels pop, that is uplifting, that has energy and passion. And even if English isn't your first language, you don't really need to know what these lyrics are saying you're going to feel what is in the voice and the music. So I feel really, really good about it. It's been a challenge, but it's been something good. It's an incredible record. I wanted to kind of dive into the record with you. Let's talk about War Within Me, the first track. What can you tell us about that song for you personally? I've, I've always been open about my mental health about issues that I've had, problems that I've had with my mental health. I've often tried to have an anti-suicide message in some of my lyrics on each album. Keep going, stand up, take one more step. You know, don't accept the future that people say you must have. You do have choices, even though they are not always apparent to you in war within me then there is a fight and sometimes it's a battle and sometimes it's a war will the self-destructive lazy negative side of my personality take over from the responsible positive side of my personality the side of my personality that says look you are responsible for your own well-being and your own happiness it all starts with you or will the self-destructive negative side that says why bother why why do anything it's not going to make a difference 
which part will find a way to control the better self? Which one will be there guiding you? Because it's not about the future in the long term. It's about the small decisions, the little fights, the battles within your own mind to take what and not give in to right. self-doubting you that we all carry within us to a greater or lesser degree. And so that's my personal journey that sometimes it's not a fight or a battle it is a war that's how it feels it consumes me to get these two sides to get that positive responsible side to be in control of my better self and not to give in and i think it's the same for so many people but there are a lot of people that don't realize that they have a choice and they can fight and they can battle and they can try to get control of themselves and take responsibility for their life. And that's something that I've battled with. And I wanted to put that into a, a powerful song. Chris Appleton came up with this demo. He just, he'd done it one night late when we, we'd finished work and he, he just stayed and messed about on the computer and put this really nice demo together. And then he left it with me towards the end of this recording session. And, um, and you know, I started looking a few, uh, at a few of my notes and meditation notes and a couple of things started to fit together. And that was it. I put my lyric and my melody to finished music that Chris had come up with and then it was the title track of the album it made complete sense Chris said I'm really into these lyrics I absolutely understand where you're coming from and that was it suddenly we had war within me and I think it is something that almost everyone faces in their life absolutely and it's a hell of a track to kick the album off with um and then let's, let me ask you about the, the second single, 18 Flights. What can you tell us about that track? Well, it's a true story. You know, we were all the story, it's all there in the lyrics. We were on a tour of South America. It was horrendous for flights. We had to do 18 flights in 15 days. And, you know, a, a, just. One of them, they wouldn't let us take our guitars on and we had to miss a flight. And then we're, oh man, all sorts of crazy stuff happened to us. And we get to Coquimbo in Chile and we're late there. We're supposed to have been there the night before. Uh -huh. We've had problems with flights. And we get there on the morning, no time to go to the hotel. Right, we need to do the sound, check all this. They called it blaze fest the first festival i've ever had named after me awesome it had all the local bands great pa beautiful lights beautiful stage huge posters all over town and it oh, just absolutely great dressing room 
every single item from the rider. We were treated like kings. It was absolutely wonderful. Big meet and greet with proper security before the show. Got to sign and have photos with all of the fans. Uh, it was just went great. All the local bands went on. They were really good. Everybody was playing their hearts out. Then it came to us, starting our headline show, and then five songs in, playing a really fast song called um, Escape Velocity. It's got a bit in the middle where it goes, dun, 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 and we, we went to that. Running out of the room. And I'm like, well, that's not good. And then the lights go out. And we think, well, hey, that can happen. And then all the electricity's off. And at the side of the stage, the promoter's going, come on, we've got to get out. It's an earthquake. We're like, what? And behind me, Martin McNee, the drummer, is still playing. <laughs> he just realised what's going on. Go, Martin, it's an earthquake. Run. And then we all get out. Then we have the text message. Everybody gets the same text message on their phone. It's pinged off the tower by the government. Tsunami warning. Get to higher ground. We're 10 metres from the ocean. Oh, shit. I'm like, what? So we managed to find a van. They managed to get us to higher ground. All of this. Oh, man. And then... You know, about four hours later, it's the all clear. We come down, bits have fallen off the venue into the street. And about about 20 fans come back and, the, you know, photos and autographs. And they say, Blaze, are you going to finish the gig? And I'm like, not this year. Right. <laughs> And then there was an aftershock. When we were in the hotel, there was a bit of a wobble. Oh, man. Oh, it was wow. something else. You know, and we thought, well, the, the promoter said to me, will you write a song about this? And I thought, you know what? This is probably one of the situations where I should write a song about it. I've written songs about gigs before. And... You know, the greatest and most well-known gig song is Smoke on the Water. Sure. And then there's a lot, then there's the bands played on, the Long Arm of the Law, and ones by ACDC, and all, all. and I thought, yeah, actually, I, I will. And, um, you know, I just couldn't think of a way to start it. Everything sounded awful. I was in an earthquake. I'm like, nah, man, it, it just sounded horrible. <laughs> so uh, I said to Chris Appleton, I said, to, how many flights was it? And he goes, 18 flights in 15 days. I'm like, okay, that's the lyric. And that was it then. It started to come together. And about an hour after that, we had... Um, Right. And then it was like, oh, is that 
incredibly well and so far fans that have heard it have really enjoyed it so that's a huge relief and to be honest I think being in an earthquake an earthquake stopping the gig I think it's a little bit better than you know a flare gun and smoke on the water <laughs> yeah that's 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 wild. That would have been terrifying to have to deal with that. And then you make a song out of it. I think it's awesome. Um, what other songs on the album uh, are kind of near and dear to you? Well, uh, they all are, really. They're all either about heroes or very personal. So 303 Squadron is a true story about Polish and Czech pilots oh, wow. that made their way to the UK after their countries were invaded in World War Two, and they joined the RAF and fought against the Nazis um, in the RAF and they were a huge part of the Battle of Britain and their squadron had more kills than any other squadron in the RAF at that time. So they were very, very important. And I really wanted to pay tribute to those brave men because I've been to Poland so many times and had so many wonderful times there. But it's not a thing that often gets talked about. And I, I wanted to do my own tribute to... 303 squadron and their incredible story and I, I, I feel in my own heart that if those brave men hadn't made it across Europe and joined the RAF it may have been a different story right. as far as the invasion of Britain so I feel quite strongly about that so that those for me were heroes that I wanted to do something positive about that had been on my mind for a while and warrior is the internal dialogue and the words that we use in our own mind to describe ourselves and the things that we do people don't realize that's important Unless you've had some kind of therapy or spoke to some kind of counsellor or something, you don't realise that. Nobody tells you that. I do know that. Words are incredibly important and powerful, both in a positive and, more importantly, in a negative way. You can choose the words to describe yourself. You don't have to settle with the words that other people use to describe you. You don't have to That's brilliant. use those words about yourself. If you call yourself a loser, you are reinforcing the idea that you probably are a loser. But you do not have to use that word. Right. And the idea is that Warriors do not always win, but they always fight. And so, if you are broken, defeated, 
you you create your own future but you must be very careful about the words that you allow yourself to think and say and that's what warrior essentially is about that on my own journey through life it's been a lesson that i have learned and it's been something that sadly i've seen other people make mistakes with and you know one of the a very small line in shakespeare who i've been a fan of is you are what you think you are and it's so true so you know if you are the words that you describe yourself with choose good words and describe yourself as a warrior and a hero and a survivor and that's what i have learned i'm not always up i'm not i don't always feel like a warrior but i just have learned that to tackle this life to move forward to get up the word i have to use is warrior not loser that's brilliant man that's that's very powerful stuff it's amazing um what about uh put yourself up what can you tell us about that track well it's a true story in that i had a terrible motorcycle accident and destroyed my knee and the physio said You'll probably never walk without a stick or a limp. And I thought to myself, you don't know me. And it took more than two years. And I managed to build back the strength and get the movement back in my leg that I could walk without a limp. And then a bit later, I could run short distances. Uh, so basically... That's why it says, they said I could not walk. But here I am walking, so come and walk with me. What they thought was impossible, I achieved. That's, and that's awesome. The second part of the song is, they said I could not sing. Because my girlfriend at the time said, just face it, you're never going to make it. You know, and various people said but you're not a natural singer why do you think you can be a singer and well you know it's so difficult nobody gets to do that and I just refused to accept that and kept moving forward maybe I was ignorant I was stupid I was young full of energy so I could do that but I kept moving forward and now years later here I am talking to you in a different country I'm an independent artist I own my own record company which yes is microscopic and I'm the only one artist on it but it's mine and I'm a fully professional heavy metal singer I'm actually living my dream that I had when I was 19 years of age. And that was impossible. So many people said. And so there it is. 
part of the song. They said I could not sing. Come and sing with me. And the internal dialogue that I've had to have, and I think it's the same for so many people with this kind of dream, is pick yourself up. You know, just there's no one who's going to come and wave a magic wand and make this all possible. Pick yourself up and move forward and keep moving forward. And so that's what the song is about. Pull yourself up. That's amazing. Uh, and wild, too. That's I mean, that's incredible, Blaze. Um, and what about uh, what about Witches Night? What can you tell us about Witches Night? And the message of Witches Night is, it's another anti-suicide song from me, where what I often say on stage is, be here now, forget the world outside, forget what's outside the venue, forget the money that you owe, forget your job, forget everything, yourself to be here at the gig in this moment, in this song with me and forget everything else, allow yourself you can't do anything about the rest of your life so let your whole life be this right now and that's what I wanted to get over in the song that there was a very special night for me where, you know I I played Czech Republic a lot it's got a, a, a you know, a place in my heart, and we got friends there, and a friend had promoted a show and said, well, I'm a bit worried. We haven't sold many tickets at all, and I'm worried that we're not going to get a lot of people in. I said, why? He said, because it's the witches' night, and it's a celebration where people make bonfires in their gardens and things like this and have parties around the house. I'm like, oh, he said, so uh, I'm a bit worried. Maybe I've chosen the wrong night. Anyway, the gig was full and it went just great. It was a wonderful audience. So it was, well, you know, things weren't going to be good, but actually they were absolutely great. And if you're in that dark place, where sadly your mind has turned in on itself and you can't see a way out of the downward spiral, then perhaps you can find a moment in your life that was nice, that was good. One moment, just one moment. Think about the things that you've done in your life. Was there one moment where you felt like, things were okay then just think about that moment just make that moment your whole life until you start to feel better and that's the message of the song i had a dream i based this song on a dream that i had of being at the bottom of a cliff but looking up at myself as if i'd thrown myself off the cliff right so that's where it comes from and a moment finding a moment to to focus on and for me of course there are so many 
wonderful, humbling moments for me when I meet my fans and have a free meet and greet and people tell me, uh, you know, that my, what my songs mean to them and share their stories about when they started listening. And of course, when I'm on stage and people are singing some of the songs that I wrote and really getting into it and being a part of it, those are incredible moments that I can treasure and find. And when I'm low and when I've run out of energy and when I think it's too much that I'll never finish the album, that I'll never write a good lyric again, I can go, you know what? What about that gig that we did in Czech Republic on Witches Night where they thought no one would come and it, it was full? Right. So I've got that wonderful moment to think about and I hope, I hope, and I know this sounds incredibly arrogant and cheesy at the same time. I hope that my fans will have memories from gigs that are special to them, that we've shared together, that they can think, you know what, when I was at that Blaze gig, I really forgot about my life and I didn't care about anything. And maybe they can think about that for a while until they feel better. And it's an absolute sh shocking tragedy, the, the amount of suicides there are that I believe are preventable. And it, it's just shocking. But it happens, and it can happen to almost anybody, can fall into that horrible downward spiral of self-doubt, self-loathing, and suicidal thoughts. Uh, it's horrible, but that's the truth, and that's where we're living right now in modern society. Yeah, and that's... I love what you talk about, about having one moment that you can hold on to like that. Um I suffer from PTSD, so I constantly try to find something like that that I can focus on, you know, whether it's old or, you know, whatever the memory's from. So that's very special, Blaze. That's that's wonderful, uh, which is nice. Um, what about uh, uh, The Dream of Alan Turing? Well, it's um, something that is one of the darker moments of the album and the Turing test is the test of artificial intelligence when a machine is truly intelligent then it can pass the Turing test the Turing test is a machine computes whatever you want to call it can deceive a human being into thinking that the machine is human and so this brings an awful dilemma I think the third of a fully intelligent machine is a deception it doesn't say I'm a machine. What's it like to talk with me? Does it feel human? No. It says, I'm human. And that's it. And if you don't 
believe it's human, it's failed the test. But if you do believe it's human, it passes the test. But it's told you a lie. It's deceived you. And that is the Turing test. And this is where the problem is. Now we're in the land of the Matrix, of Skynet and Terminators, where they're deceiving. They are lying to us. And that's surely not what artificial intelligence is supposed to be. Elon Musk is warning about this as well. We're racing towards a point and we don't know what's going to happen. It's equivalent to nuclear weapons. So now we have proliferation of nuclear weapons around the world and we're not as worried as we were in the 80s, but it's concerning. What's happened with artificial intelligence? What will it do? How, How do we know that it will be altruistic or even beneficial? This could be the next stage of evolution on this planet from flesh and blood humans to machines. That could be it. Nobody seems to be saying, let's stop and think. Let's have some rules about artificial intelligence. And Alan Turing dreamed of machines. And he came up with this first real computer and solved what was almost impossible, the Enigma code, some of it by chance. And we will never know what his contribution to World War Two really was, because it's all top secret. Right. So that's something that's come out. We'll never know the real significance of what he did in World War Two when he broke up the Enigma code. We know he saved some shipping. We, we know that Britain didn't starve. But what else? How much of, of the survival of World War II, of the Britain surviving, is down to Alan Turing? I mean, to talk about the artificial intelligence thing, have you seen these... Uh, 18 wheelers that Amazon's using to deliver packages in America. Yeah, it's terrifying, I think. You ever see Maximum Overdrive, the Stephen King movie? <laughs> oh, yeah, very cool. Yeah, that's what it makes me think about. You know, they've got these fucking there's there's no human on on the tractor trailer like moving it and what? Yeah, I'm dead serious. It's really scary. No. Yeah, Amazon Amazon has been Amazon has been test running these 18 wheelers that are completely driven by the computer. They know. Autonomous 18 wheelers. I'm dead serious. I mean, you can look it up. It's really weird. I watched a news clip on it last year during when the COVID thing hit around like April or May on like 60 Minutes. And I thought it was. What's the point? It's terrifying. Well, they're not having to pay a driver. You know, they're not paying a driver. So it's, I guess it's, it's more, it's a greed thing, you know, but. So they're pouring millions into a technology that eliminates someone that earns a thousand bucks a month. Correct. It's just re- absolutely ridiculous. It man. is That's terrible. Yeah, it's terrifying it's too. <laughs> you know, you're driving along with your family and get killed by a rogue AI-driven tractor-trailer truck. You know, I mean, it's. Oh, I think it's worse than that. 
I think it's much worse than that. I think it just take it forward logically. What's on those trucks to keep them going? Satellites and cameras. Yep. Right. Yep. So it's not the truck that is going to have the accident. What will be there, no matter what, will be the evidence that the accident was your fault. Right. No matter what, no matter what it was, what caused it, it will appear that the accident was your fault and not the autonomous truck <laughs> out of control. Right. That's what's going to happen, man. It, the, the trucks will never be wrong. They'll be faultless. They'll be, never be wrong. Just like in the other in the other reality, then it's always the pilot's fault until they prove that it was actually a mechanical fault with the plane or an electronic fault with the plane. Oh, it's it's pilot error. It's never going to be driverless truck error. Right. It doesn't make sense. They. Man, they're going to spend a fortune protecting that technology once it's available, and they're going to have cameras watching everybody, and probably get money off the FBI, where they can say, "Right, uh, we, can we have some of the feed from your cameras, please? We'll, you know, for this amount of money, so that we can monitor these cars and have number plate wrecking." Man, it's all. Oh, it never it's, ends. It's going to be mad. <laughs> I mean, absolutely, absolutely insane. But I'm telling you now, those trucks will have an accident unless they're sabotaged. Oh, yeah. It's it's the who watches the watcher, you know. It's it's pretty scary stuff. But I, I'll... Uh, I can send you that clip if you want. I can send it to the Skype thing so you can watch it. It's it's on YouTube. It was from I think it was from sixty minutes, but it's terrifying. And it's and it's Amazon is the one that I is. I don't want to see it. Oh, okay. It's pretty scary. <laughs> I, I don't. See it. I, I don't. I don't need to have that extra fear for my next trip to United States. Well, the good news is, is you don't have it over there. Thank God, it's over here where they're doing it. But. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's well. Uh, it's here, it's going to be a lot more expensive. Our roads are much more wiggly. Sure. Generally speaking, <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's it's hard to keep. You know, on some roads, it's it's difficult enough in a car, let alone a truck, an eighteen wheeler. Some places that they have to go, man. The routes have to be specially worked out, and there's so many traffic lights and so much traffic. You know, you have like miles and miles of that traffic lights over there, and you know, long stretches of two lane blacktop. Right. Where you could get the idea, actually, you could put a machine on this because driving is not a healthy job. So, eliminating a driver's job, that's in one way, that's a good thing, but where is the job for the man? That that's what we need. We need that person to to have a way to make a living because exactly. driving is not a healthy job, man. Sat down all of the time with very little exercise and not a lot of good nutrition. It's not a healthy job. People could do much better things. You know, I think maybe it should just be um, if I had my way, every truck would have to pay a man not to drive it. Right. <laughs> that, would be, that would be much better. 
Absolutely, absolutely. Um, at track eight, the power of Nikola Tesla. Well, he's an unusual and difficult character in history. He had a dream when he was a boy, and that's the thing that I really wanted to focus on in the lyric. He dreamed of a water wheel and of Niagara Falls. Then, years later, he's working with Westinghouse and they get the contract to build the first ever hydroelectric generator plant in the world at Niagara Falls. Wow. And it needs machinery that is, in some cases, 10 or 20 times bigger than has ever been manufactured before. And Westinghouse said to one of the engineers on the project, is this going to work? And the engineer said, I don't know, because Nikola Tesla does not tell us the whole story. None of us know how this thing really works. And then Tesla pulls the switch, the turbines start moving, and there's the world's first hydroelectric power. And that came from somebody's mind, you know, and Nikola Tesla invented the motor without brushes that would create electricity. So he's responsible for AC power and, you know, alternating current, what is in every street lamp in the world now. And it's incredible. He had the idea for radio years before Marconi. And Marconi became famous for radio and then had to pay Nikola Tesla because his patents were infringed. (laughs) So it became apparent then. But Marconi got the name for inventing radio. And I really wanted to do something think about this the part of it that appealed to me most is that he's born in a lightning storm his mother was an incredibly ingenuitive ingenious ingenious person and could fix anything and would invent things that she needed that didn't exist and that he had these dreams and things were brought to him psychically and I really believe that if all of the ideas that Nikola Tesla had were actually followed through and implemented from an environmental point of view he would have saved the world oh wow I mean he was a genius so I mean it would that would make sense to me I mean that's that's incredible, Blaze. That's I, I always thought Nikola Tesla was very it, 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 like he's known, but he's kind of he's very overlooked for the things that he was responsible for. You know. Um, let's yeah, see. Yeah, and also, you know, Elon Musk has called his car Tesla as a tribute to Nikola Tesla, and that was the other side of it. I, I wanted my song to say. The power of Nikola Tesla, because that's what 
it's about to remind people in some ways while we still can that this is a man that has influenced everything we do in the western world because without electricity we are nothing now we depend on it it's part of us we rely on it yep. and that's without the other incredible things that he invented and had ideas that's genius yeah it's brilliant um uh, track nine, the unstoppable Stephen Hawking. Well, I wanted a song that, that celebrated the man, and we know incredible scientific achievements, supermassive black holes, all kinds of things, Hawking radiation. You know, incredible discoveries in physics. Incredibly smart person, but for me. There is a man that is told by his doctor he's probably got three years to live. 49 years later, he's giving a lecture. He can't even speak. He's got a crippled, withered body and he's found a way to communicate and he's actually written books without being able to hold a pen or use fingers to type a keyboard. He's written books. He's changed the way that people look at physics. He's done all of this when he's supposed to be dead, according to the doctor. And he said, well, I've got to get on with my work. I've just got too much to do. So that's what he did. And one of the very simple, things that he said and I think this is absolutely huge especially considering the darkness that humanity is going through at this time think of the things you can do not the things you can't and as we go through these horrible restrictions because of pandemic virus, all of this, I think those words are so important and I really want people to to look at Stephen Hawking as the man who survived. It's impossible what he did. It's impossible for almost everyone. That is impossible. But he didn't think, oh, that's too difficult to do. I won't be. He just went, Right, how do I do this? And of course, he's incredibly smart. I mean, just, he was one of the smartest people ever in the history of being smart. And he found a way to do it, and he got good at it, and he even wrote a book. Yeah, I mean, it's, he's a very incredible person. Um, I, I'm fascinated with him. I'm a big Star Trek fan. I always loved when he would cameo in Star Trek Next Generation and be playing poker with Data. <laughs> yeah. But and yeah. For me, his greatest appearance is The Simpsons. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's um, so cool, man. And he's on The Simpsons. And this is what really 
started me thinking, Homer says, hey, Hawk. And I'm like, so Homer's found this really cool, this really cool nickname for this guy that just, just, I don't know how you describe it. There he is, he's stuck in this thing, but he's really, he's got a really cool name. Hey, Hawk, what we got, you know, like, what? Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> One of the coolest names. Yes, and it really makes it. Yeah, of course. Appearances are nothing. It's nothing. It's your heart and your will that counts. Not your appearance. Not what you. Not what stops you. It's what keeps you moving forward that's important. And um, for me, Stephen Hawking was just an incredible example of that and that's why i wanted to use those words unstoppable yeah it's perfect and then of course the last track of the album every storm ends well i've i've had storms in my life i think humanity is going through a storm right now Uh, and one of the difficult things to keep in mind is every storm ends when you're standing there and you feel cold and alone and bruised and pathetic and you want to give up it's difficult to imagine that there will be a time when things aren't bad because everything seems really bad right now but it won't always be that way. And in my life, I had to deal with my own storm, and that's what the lyrics are about. My relationship broke up, and I, while I was on the tour, I came home from the tour and I was living alone. And that that was it. It was an empty house. It was not a home anymore. And that was a very difficult and challenging time in my life. And that's what they're about. That, you know, I didn't think I would get through it. But in the end, with the help of friends and family... And my fans, I was able to get through it and come out of the other the other side. So I wanted to share that, and I wanted it to be the last song on the album because every storm ends. And just to remind you, after everything you've listened through, after all the heavy stuff and the groovy stuff, that you know, one day this pandemic will be behind us these two years will be behind us the isolation will be behind us we'll have got through if we can stay strong and that's what i wanted to say with every storm ends and i i know you know it sounds very pretentious but for my fans i hope that uh, this song will be 
take of some small comfort to them and help them the way that my fans have helped me through difficult situations by encouraging me and supporting me they've kept me going they've come to gig after gig bought t-shirts bought my cds and my web shop pre-ordered my album and made it possible for me to continue and i hope in the smallest possible way that this collection of songs will help my fans get through a little I mean, the record's incredible, man. I'm blown away by it. Um, and guys, that comes out April 9th. Uh, Blaze has his own label. It's awesome. And uh, War Within Me. And you shared some amazing stuff about this record. Blaze, I'm a huge fan. Um, I have been since I saw you on the X Factor tour with Iron Maiden. Uh, it's one of my go-to records from Iron Maiden. I hope that means something to you. Fortunes of War is my favorite track on the album. Um, I've been a fan ever since. I went back and bought the Wolfsbane stuff. I followed your solo career. And having you on today is an absolute honor for me, sir. I cannot thank you enough for taking the time to do this. Well, thank you, Vincent. Thank you very much for your support. And thanks for having me on the show. Through the flames I'm the witch's night Wait!